The country's biggest art award, the $50,000 biennial Walters Prize, marks its 20th year in 2021. It's said to have had a powerful influence on the landscape of contemporary art in Aotearoa. Now the four finalists' work is about to go on show at Auckland Art Gallery Toi o Tamaki. There's a real international feel to the art, telling stories from Japan, London and Bali, as well as here at home. We have images of the four finalists' works on our webpage rnz.co.nz slash standing room only. With me to talk about them is the gallery's curator, contemporary art, Natasha Conland. Ka kite, Natasha. Thanks for coming into the studio. Tēnā Nice to be here. Now, the, the news of the finalists has been known for a little while, but I think if we could get a brief description, please, from you of the four works. And I want to start with the Mata Aho Collective because I got a little bit confused about what we're seeing and what they were nominated for. <laughs> yeah, good question. So the rules changed slightly in um, 2013 to allow for the fact that oftentimes the work that the artists might have been nominated for is no longer possible to exhibit and or to give the artists some freedom to exhibit a new work, make a new work or think through the the exhibition differently because in the end it is an exhibition that they're wanting to produce. Um, And for Mata Aho, they were nominated for Aka, which was in the um, National Gallery of Canada and they're acquired for their collection and also when we began talking to them still actually on display so it wasn't available for acquisition and in the meantime they were being commissioned for a new project in association with the large Toy Tu Toy Ora contemporary Māori art at the gallery and after thinking through some options they've decided to uh, nominate their work Paul, which was in that exhibition for their Walters Prize work, which I think is a splendid idea. The other finalists are? The other finalists are Fiona Amundsen, who will exhibit A Body That Lives, Sonia Lacey, who will exhibit her multi-faceted work Weekend, and Sriwana Spong, who will exhibit The Painter Taylor, which is also a new work to her nominated work. I mentioned those overseas influences, Fiona's work based in uh, the Japan experience during the Second World War, um, Sonia, who researched under the St Bride Foundation, and um, Shruana, uh looking at her Balinese grandfather. So I'm really interested that there's this international component, particularly as we look at this in 2021 when the world's yes. you know, closed to us. Yes, and I hadn't thought about it exactly like that, but you're right. It does give the the viewer a feel like they're diving into all kinds of um, other orientations, both geographic and also historic, I think, across the show. Um, a different way of thinking about entering into a country or a place or a personal biography or mythology even. Um, yeah, it's incredibly diverse this year. And, yeah, as you say, Sonia's work Saint Bride, at the St. Bride Foundation really orientating us towards 19th century print industry in London. Um, Sri Wanaspong's uh, work, a sort of personal narrative uh, for her and thinking through her relationship to her grandfather in Bali through her work, The Painter Taylor. And, yes, Fiona's very impactful work, which has a documentary style of interviewing for people who actually already have a public reputation, for Japanese who speak about their experiences of um, key events in World War II just before Japan's surrender. I guess one of the tricky things for you, and actually for the judges too, for these works, 
like um, the, the first one we talked about, Mata Aho Collective, when it's been shown overseas, and that's kind of what the, the judges have chosen, chosen it for in that space, at the Auckland Art Gallery, beautiful and vast as it is, you've still got to tr- try and get something of the feeling of how it looked. And I imagine very different spaces, to be fair to the artists. Yes, that's right. And I think why that, that's why that change in the rules is very important, because art just can't be transported into a new architectural environment always. It's often the hardest thing for the artist to think about, you know, the huge honour of that nomination and then what makes sense right now in terms of an exhibition for them. And I think Mata Aho would have dearly loved to exhibit Aka, but equally they have just produced this absolutely stunning new work with Maureen Lander, Atapur, and did it make sense to, you know, develop yet another work for the exhibition? Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of thinking through what makes sense for the actual exhibition, which is what differentiates this prize, I think, as opposed to a music prize or any other kind of literary prize, is that it is an exhibition and it's experienced, you know, often in multiple times over the three or four months that it's on show. Again, given what would usually happen, you'd have an, uh, an international judge come in. I mean, you and I have spoken about concerns about, you know, this is a small country and, you know, the judging process can be can be fraught. But what's going to happen this year with the borders? This year we're still working on the possibility of the international judge and keeping that structure. But, of course, like every organisation, it's a bit of work in progress still to think about how that might take shape. And we're preparing, you know, option B and C as well to try and implement the um, final selection process, which will take place at the gala dinner on August the 7th this year. I mean, could an international judge fairly judge this just by images alone? I mean, how how, how important is it for a judge to come at this stage, you know, when it's making that big final decision for the award, to actually physically stand in front of these works? Because, I mean, I can see artworks on the screen, but it's never, ever, ever the same as actually being in front of it. Yes, well, I think everyone would desire... The, you know, the best possible outcome would be for the judge to be there in person. Having said that, um, we've just launched a, um, an, a digital tour of uh, two exhibitions at the gallery, which gives you a sort of a greater detail and more um, ability than the human eye can see in terms of the um, examination of the artwork. So a digital experience is just so common and incredibly powerful today. I'm not saying that's the direction we'll go in, but I don't think there's reservations about the judge being able to understand the work digitally. Um, It's more about those additional um, forms of engagement that take place around the time of the judging process. Natasha, I mean, always there are so many exhibitions for the judges to consider every two years. But of course, if we're looking back in the last year, there's been so much disruption. I've spoken to a lot of artists who had work international exhibitions planned that, of course, haven't happened. Yeah. So I don't know. Will the, will the Walters Prize maybe wait three years for the, for the next one? Or do you simply accept the fact that maybe, you know, when we're talking in two years' time, there will have been fewer exhibitions for judges to consider? 
It will wait three years, so that will be quite a disruption to the biennial form of the Walters Prize. But as you say, because there's already been a disruption, it seems natural and fair. So just as we've postponed this exhibition a whole year, then the next exhibition of the Walters Prize, instead of being next year, 2022, it will be 2023. So the jury process will have to take in both the years 2021 and two as part of the evaluation next time round. The the impact of winning the Walters Prize, I was reading the media release, you know, and they were talking about how it's life-changing for them. Um, I mean, you you know an awful lot of these artists have spoken to them, Natasha. Do you think it it is? What stories do you hear from artists? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And actually, after the press release, I wrote a piece for the Gallery magazine and I wrote to almost all the artists who'd won the award and many of the nominees as well to get their impression and I was quite astounded at how many of them said that the the award and being involved in the prize had been really an incredible experience because, of course, you know, art is not a competition and yet it is a competitive environment. It's an environment which has ambitions and desires and is important on one's life. Um, but being associated with the prize and its legacy and actually that relationship with the judge. A lot of the artists spoke about that. And in fact, a lot of the artists who've been nominated by the judge have had an ongoing relationship with that person. For example, Kate Newby um, and her relationship with Mummy, who awarded her the prize at that time, is an example that comes to mind. Peter Robinson spoke about his relationship with Katarina David and also just the impact and seeing the legacy and quantity of Māori and Pacific artists who've been through that process and the uplifting effect, I guess, that the award has had on them. And, I mean, something I reflect on, which it's easy to forget also, is the experience of bringing family and whānau into the exhibition. It's just filled with pride as an experience, and I think a lot of the artists remember that as being a time where their sometimes difficult career as an artist has suddenly made a lot of sense to their family and friends who may or may not be involved in the art world. Kia ora, Natasha. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Natasha Conlon and uh, talking about the Walters Prize 2021, the finalist work goes on show at the Auckland Art Gallery on the 15th of May and the winner announced, as Natasha mentioned, in early August.